0: When you were late last night, Kathy and I got to talking, and one thing led to another, and... And what? Did you sleep with her? No! No, no, I just kissed her. What? That's even worse! (laughs) Oh, friends, you talked about everything. Infidelity. So often we agree it's wrong, and then we do it anyway. Or debate whether that thing we did was cheating or not. I'm Narmeen Ramadan, and this is The Signal Podcast. On today's episode we look into infidelity.
1: 30 to 75% of men will cheat in their lifetime, and 20 to 68% of women will cheat in their lifetime. That's a broad range because the studies that generated those numbers define cheating as some sort of infidelity. Keyword, some sort.
0: We wanted to find out what people in Halifax think constitutes cheating. So we sent our cam Honeyweb to the Halifax Shopping Center. He found that people have widely different ideas about what's okay and what's out of line.
2: I think if they're like even flirting with another person or like texting sexually, anything would count as cheating for me, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm excited to get mad if they look at another girl. So, I mean... That would probably...
3: How long would you need to be together? Or what What does the parameter of the relationship need to be to set that level of cheating?
2: Well, I mean, if you, like, just started talking or something, I don't think... It, but it, once you're in, like, a relationship, like, you've said that you're not going to see anybody else, I'd say that's when you'd consider it. Yeah, probably the same. Like, I don't know. A month into it, it's not a big deal. Cause it's just whatever. And then it's, like, probably more than four months. Then it's probably a little too much.
4: Uh... I guess you know you're with someone else and you're banging someone else I guess that's pretty much it I don't know uh, yeah
3: so it has to be a, a phys- physical in order to uh, to cheat so if uh, if, you're, if you're texting and continuously uh, flirting and sexing somebody else does that count
4: I guess it could count yeah I guess depends on what, well I guess it depends on what you're sending because if you're say se- if you send a picture you're junk then that's one thing if you if you're depends on what you're saying, I guess, uh, but yes, it could be, could be considered cheating.
5: Um, for me, the level I would set would really, mainly dates, really, like, depends, like, if they go on, like, movies or, like, go out to dinner, like, it's kind of a little bit iffy, and the maximum would be, like, you know, sex and stuff, you know, that'd be my max.
3: And it depends on how long you've been seeing the person, where, yeah. where that bar would be?
5: Yeah, it would, um... I'd really start around six months, really, like between the first six months, like if it's all iffy, then I'd cut it off. but after the six months, if it I'd really push it down a bit more and then if it keeps going on, then I'd completely cut it off.
3: Uh, what about uh, like texting and uh, messaging and things like that once once you're past that six month uh, threshold?
5: Oh, as long as no pictures are being sent, I don't mind you know i'm I'm pretty open, you know. Uh, I'd
3: say definitely kissing and maybe texting too. And then uh, texting, depending on kind of the, the nature of it? Yeah, exactly. You ever want to chime in at all? I, I agree with him. Anything, anything physical or texting.
2: Um, if you're texting, you have to hide it from somebody. If I can't unlock your phone,
6: then there's definitely something you're hiding, so.
3: Okay, so it definitely doesn't need to be anything physical, it, it's, it's more about uh, c- communication. Physical yeah.
6: and communication,
2: yeah. Like if you're yeah. texting somebody that you're trying to hide from me, like, we have a problem. So, yeah. that's.
0: Well, that's an interesting array of opinions. Thank you, Cam. Timothy Walker is a local relationship counsellor. Our reporter Trent Erickson sat down with him to hear his thoughts on infidelity. We'll be hearing from Timothy throughout the show. Here he is now, talking about why people cheat.
3: Hi, my name is Timothy Walker, and I'm a psychotherapist in Halifax, Nova Scotia, where I've been practicing here for about 25 years. And, uh, and I do work with couples a lot and uh, have seen a lot of people trying to heal after an affair. The relationship isn't working. I'm not getting my needs met, whether it's sexual needs, My emotional needs my just affection needs for physical affection and feeling appreciated and feeling loved if that's not happening then i'm automatically going to start being gravitated towards maybe i'll get it from somewhere else even just a fantasy that there must be out there the perfect person for me and maybe i marry the wrong person and so we start to convince ourselves that the it's just that it's the wrong person rather than that it's me who's responsible, at least 50% responsible for the confusion and the lack of love in this relationship. And as that distance grows, then I start that woman at work who's really easy to talk to. Pretty soon my friendship with her gets stronger and I start telling her about how difficult it is to live with my wife and she empathizes because she's having a hard time living with her husband, and so often that creates the the fertile ground for an affair.
0: That was Timothy Walker, a counselor who specializes in relationships. Over the course of the show, he'll be chiming in with his expert opinion.
1: Fact time. If you're a dude who can be described as agreeable, then you are statistically more likely to cheat. So if your man's compassionate and cooperative, just saying.
0: Why? Why cheat? That becomes the heart-wrenching question in the aftermath of a revealed affair. To find out more, Danielle McCready and I went out onto the streets of Halifax to see what people thought of infidelity. Why
2: do you think people cheat? Um, Maybe they're not happy in their current relationship. They're shitty people.
5: (laughs) Because they don't like their current partner.
0: (sighs) Because they're insecure about themselves. I think they're unsatisfied with themselves as a whole. How would you feel uh, if you got cheated on?
5: Hurt, because that means that like you would feel that you aren't good enough for your current partner.
0: Uh, I would be devastated, and it would automatically change how I felt about them. Horrible. It's happened, so it's horrible. Probably would give them a second chance, but like I said, it depends on the situation and what it was.
5: I'd feel like shit. (laughs) I'd feel like shit, but it's hard to forgive. I feel.
2: It's happened and it sucks, yeah. So I don't know how someone could possibly make someone feel that shitty, but I'm still with him. So I think that it was honestly like a good thing to happen because they realized what like I meant to them, even though it took like a really shitty action to like get there.
5: So. Yeah.
0: Hmm. She decided to stay with her boyfriend even though he cheated on her. I guess that's not a deal-breaker for everyone. It all depends on the person and the situation. Here's Timothy Walker again.
3: Sometimes I think of it as the the purpose of our life is to learn how to be loving in a relationship. That that's the, really the spiritual goal of being human. And it's the hardest thing to do, you know, it's depending on what kind of a family we grew up in. A lot of us are wounded from the families that we grew up in and we didn't get the love that we needed. So therefore, there's an ongoing journey of healing that, and that happens in relationship. When they start to address that, and they start to address their ability to give and receive love, then we can have a relationship with anybody, <laughs> you know? We don't have to find the perfect person, because the truth is, we never will. So it's about, it's more about our ability to love than it is finding the perfect person.
1: Fact time. And this one is a weird one. According to Ashley Madison, the Discreet Encounters website, the most popular time to cheat is Wednesday, between 5 and 7 p.m. Sorry, but I have plans tomorrow.
0: In monogamy, some couples find introducing sex toys into their relationship can have a profound effect in warding off infidelity. The thinking. That variety and novelty is one way to keep things fresh and exciting. Reporter Jade Tynes talked to Marshall Haywood. He's the owner of Venus Envy. That's a sex shop and bookstore in Halifax.
6: Hi, Marshall. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Signal and, you know, giving us your time and giving us your opinion on some of the things that we've been talking about in our podcast so far. So I want to move right on to the first question for you. So do you believe in monogamy as a whole?
4: Huh. Well, I mean, I definitely believe that it is a thing that some people do or try to do. Um, So, yeah, as a concept, I do believe in it as a sort of the ideal relationship form. I'm not sure if that's what that's where I would land in terms of belief.
6: And yeah. Is that like just like for you personally or if it, any experiences as well?
4: Yeah, I mean, yes, per- personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we're living in a really interesting time for relationships right now in terms of people sort of um, exploring different ways to be with a partner or partners, um, seeing really different family structures, f- seeing like just all like a real sort of um, branching out from I guess a sort of traditional um a traditional male-female marriage Mm -hmm. yeah
6: so who are the people most likely to visit venus envy and like why do you think that is
4: yeah that's a great question it's actually one of the questions we ask people when we go through a hiring process um because we well we ask that question because we want to get a sense of what that person or who that person thinks the like typical Venus Envy customer is. And the truth is, our customer base is huge, like really ranges in terms of age. Um, We, for example, have both a student discount and a senior discount. Um, And it really is quite varied in terms of gender, um, sexual orientation, um, yeah, our customers are all over the place. I guess what what people would have in common is an openness or a willingness willingness to explore uh, their sexuality. Mm-hmm.
6: So, how do you think sexual exploration might strengthen commitment in a relationship?
4: Yeah, that was it. Was a really interesting. Um, the study was really interesting to read about. Um, I don't. I'm not here to tell you today that buying a vibrator will save your marriage. I I actually strongly disagree with that. (laughs) Um, uh, As a side, there is a product we carry and and their current advertising is is sort of along the lines of, it's cheaper than couples counseling, which I also strongly disagree with. (laughs) Um, I do, do, however, think that um, buying and using sex toys with a partner is probably a good indicator of the health of your relationship um, in other areas. So that if you have a good, healthy, open line of communication with each other, um, probably that is the type of relationship where you can openly express your desires um, uh, to explore different types of sex, um, to incorporate different tools and toys into your sex lives. So I don't think... I don't. I, th- I think it's sort of the other way around. I think buying and using sex toys is just a very strong indicator of a very healthy relationship. Mm-hmm.
6: To very start interesting. With. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what advice would you offer couples who are looking to kind of strengthen their commitment through that
4: exploration? Yeah. Well, I I do think that like buying and using sex toys can be a a really healthy part of a relationship because f- fundamentally what you're Interested in, in investing in is your own pleasure and your partner's pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's no you know, that's that's the primary reason that people buy sex toys is for pleasure, um, which is a beautiful goal in and of itself. So if, if that's something that you're actively talking about and working on with your partner, I think, go for it.
6: Okay, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much, Marshall, for giving us your time and giving us your input on what you see in the day-to-day activity of Venus Envy. It's very appreciated.
4: Awesome. It was really great to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
6: Now it's your turn to tell us what you
0: think about today's conversation. Has sexual experimentation in your relationship strengthened commitment? Tweet or leave a message on our Facebook and Twitter account at TheSignalHFX. Back to our Relationship Counselor. Here's how he helps repair relationships broken by infidelity.
3: That's what heals every relationship, is learning how to listen. Because often when people are talking to each other, especially if there's been a big trauma of of an affair, there's a lot of anger and a lot of spewing of accusations and then defensiveness and so forth. And so when people are talking like that, there's no listening. All, they, all there is is talking. And if there's just talking and no listening, there's no communication, right? So what I do is I get people to sit still and quiet for a period of time and just look at each other and just be present and feel what they feel about the conflict in the relationship. And then to share that with one sentence. What sort of things do people say in that sentence? Well, you, you name it. Everything from... It's been a long time since I said, I love you, you know, to I'm so pissed off that you cheated on me, (laughs) you know, you jerk, (laughs) right? Whatever it is, it's what's coming up in the moment. Good listening is slowing down the communication so that you have a full transaction and a full transaction means a person speaks, a person listens, then they repeat back what they've heard then the other person says, thank you, I feel understood. That's real communication. And my job is to facilitate that so that people actually do that. And then it's natural that when they really hear each other, their heart opens and there's some kind of understanding and compassion.
0: Timothy Walker is the Halifax counselor who specializes in relationship counseling.
1: Fact time. If you're a cheater, admitting it is better than getting caught. 80% of men and 76% of women say they would like their partners to confess the relationship of crime. The next bit? Well, that's complicated.
0: Aja Holloway has thought a lot about relationships, the emotions, the physicality, and most of all, the rules. Two years ago, she was in a polyamorous relationship. This meant that she had a primary partner and was open to the possibility of having secondary partners, both emotionally and physically. This is where the rules came in. In a poly relationship, everyone involved has to understand where the lines are, when those secondary relationships are within the comfort zone, and when they cross over to infidelity. It's not as cut and dry as some monogamous relationships. The rules there are often unspoken and rigid. A flirtatious text or physical contact with another can bring the whole relationship to a halt. But no matter the nature of the relationship, the trust can still be broken.
2: So, there's still like the idea of there being infidelity in polyamorous relationships and that you like break the trust of what kind of had already been yeah. decided on. Yeah. And in my case, at least, like that is how my polyamorous relationship ended, or my primary ended because we had the established rules and those were broken. And so, like, one of my conditions at the beginning was that like if I began as primary partner, if at any point somebody else that my partner was seeing felt like, or if they both decided that they wanted to move that to being their primary relationship, I wasn't comfortable going from being a primary partner to being a secondary partner. And so we usually had this rule of like, when you're with me, you're with me and I don't want you to be you know texting or talking with your other partners and in the same way I don't want you to be talking to me while you're with them like your time with them is also your time with them and so we were spending time together one day and he was like he spent like five minutes writing this really long text message what is going on and he like happened to be texting her and usually one of our things was like as primary I want like if I'm having a thing if I have a dinner if I have a party like I'll ask you first and if you know, you're busy or anything, I'm, like, more than happy and want my secondary to be there, but, like, I'll, I'll ask you first. Um, and so he was having a party, and he just, like, didn't tell me that the party was happening and had his secondary come to this party, and so I was, like, that felt a bit, like, emotionally betraying.
0: For Aja, the rules of a relationship should never be unspoken. Now she's in a completely different monogamous relationship was using what she learned from her last experience to set explicit boundaries
2: I always tell people that my polyamorous relationship is probably what made me a strong, like the strongest monogamous partner like I'm much less jealous I'm much more able to communicate my needs and my lines and my boundaries and it like ultimately has made my monogamous relationships a lot better um, and so now we're going into... monogamous relationship after that i definitely was like okay like i and people i've been like okay so like i make rules in relationships like that is how i work and at the beginning people are like you're crazy like relationships aren't about rules they're about feelings and i'm like nope you can have feelings and rules too like so i i sound crazy at the beginning but you know people stick around they realize that The rules actually make things a lot easier.
0: Let us know what you think. So are the relationships about rules as much as emotions? The setting guidelines help build stronger relationships? Share your own story or opinion with us by tweeting at (music) SignalRadioHFX. That's it for the episode of The Signal Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Signal Radio HFX. Thanks this week to our producer, Will Gordon, and our associate producer, Jade Tynes. Danielle McCready was in charge of social media. In the control room, we have Mark Pino. Our audio professor is Pauline Dakin. Until next time.